everybody, welcome to episode 14 of Like a Street Photography Collective. I'm Ricky, and today's guest is Dante Hendricks. So Dante, thank you for being a guest on the show. Really appreciate taking the time out of your day and joining us and letting the listeners hear a lot about you. Uh, so with no further ado, uh, yes, this is Dante. So why don't you introduce yourself? Hello, my name is Dante Hendricks. Um, I'll give you a little bit about my background. I'm originally from Guyana. I came here at 14, moved to Brooklyn, spent most of my life in Brooklyn. Two years ago, I moved to um, Round Rock, Texas, just to experience Austin. It's, it's, it's a little town outside of Austin, um, just before the pandemic. So I haven't really got a chance to explore Austin fully, but I moved to Austin because it was such an artistic place. And it was great for photography, great for artists. But I didn't have that full experience. But during the time that I was there, I moved to, um, I, I, I visit often um, New Orleans. Uh, and um, fell in love with New Orleans. After a year in Round Rock, decided to move to um, New Orleans. Love New Orleans. Um, but before that, uh, New York, what I was doing in New York, I was doing photography on the side and I was doing a uh, medical, medical service, car service. I moved to, um, when I moved to Austin, I decided um, to run rock, I decided to try something different. I got into uh, my girlfriend recommended, she said, oh, you love to travel, you love photography. Why don't you try trucking? At least you get to see America and take pictures. So I decided to do that. It turned out not really. I didn't get a chance to. I, I don't have the chance to take pictures like I really want to. Now and then I would lay over in a different city. I would get a chance to go out and do some photo walks. Um, so for Florida, I moved to New Orleans. Loved the place. I uh, love everything about it. And um, yeah, and that's where I'm at now. Perfect, perfect. So you mentioned you moved to Austin for the art scene. Uh, the art scene, yeah. Are you an artist outside of photography, painter? No, no. Okay. No. Well, well, I don't know if you consider the photography as a media, as an art medium. Oh, I, I do as well, but uh, I was. It was more of a. Do you like to paint, draw? Um, oh no, no, no. So I used to draw when I was younger, and same I, here. Uh, I don't want to say I grew out of it. I'll occasionally sketch a few things here and there, but more for my daughter. Um, but other than that, photography's got all my my attention. Attention. Yeah. So when did you begin photography? Started taking pictures? Um, and when when you started, uh, what kind of photos were you taking? Well, I'm going to fast forward a little bit earlier than that. Um, I always love photos. Photos, to me, um, play... It tells, it tells, for me, growing up, most of my parents, my family was away. I grew up with my grandmother and my grandfather. And most of my family was always, that. this is in Guyana. Most of my family was out, outside of the country. So I, I got to know them by photos. Like, there was a couple of albums around, and I would go through it with my grandmother, and she would always, she used the photos to tell a story about the family. So at some point in time, there was other scattered photos around. I was always in charge of putting the, the, the photos together in the album. And uh, for, for me, the love for photography begins from there, right? And um, 
throughout throughout my life, I always had a camera with me. Uh, when I look back to my early days of um, as a youth, I always had some camera in my hand. If it's a disposable film camera, and um, around two thousand eight, that's when I, I began to take it really seriously. And um, how 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 I got into taking it seriously, I had a roommate that um, that went to South Africa. And he came back with tons of beautiful photos. And I remember, I remember, I remember him selling these photos for a lot of money. I remember the attention that he received from the photos. And uh, I was saying to myself, he wasn't really into photography the way that I was into photography. And I was like, man, you're playing around. You know, you need to take this thing seriously. And um, that's when I really stepped my game up as far as photography um, I remember that year, around that time, I went out to get the 7D Mark II, um, and that became my photo journey. My photo journey. Um, as far as I was doing studio photography, that's what I really want to do. Uh, my uh, intention was to work for some, a model agency. Um, so I spent most of my time doing um, studio photos. Um, and then from there, some at some point, I discovered maybe a year after, 2009, 2010, I discovered street photography. And that's where, well, during the, um, the studio photo shoot, it was always, it's, it's, it's a team. You have to have a team around you. So you're in charge of organizing that team. And there's always someone that is always off. And it was always some kind of, it was a headache. <laughs> And um, I remember discovering street photography, and I was like, "Man, this is this this is what I really want to do. I have less people to deal with." And um, and also, I think um, street photography have made me much sharper too, because at least you have to think on your feet when you're out there. From the time you step on a shade, the lighting could change. You have to change your setting. You learn so much about your camera. Um, so I fell in love with that, and I started to dive deeper, deeper into that. And I remember how I got into film photography now is that um, June, I'm always into antiques. So every weekend I would go to different flea markets or whatever, and every time I would, I'm there, I would pick up a camera. Um, uh, at the time, I was very... Growing up as a young kid, I always was, was familiar with Minolta's. Okay. So every time I go to a free market, I would pick up a Minolta, but I would make sure that I pick up a working um, Minolta. <laughs> yeah. So I had all of these cameras sitting on my dresser as a, in my studio as decoration. And one day I was sitting down and I said, you know what? Let me try one of these cameras out. And I pick up one of Minolta's. And um, I think it's, 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 it's uh, the X700. And I went out and I started shooting and I went to, um, Fuji had a photo walk, I remember, in, uh, in the city. I can't remember what year it was. Uh, I think it's wrong, um, uh, 2013. They had a photo walk and I went with there and I shot a, I shot a roll of film. And when I got it back, I was amazed by the, um, the texture, the grains. And I was like, man, this is what I accustomed, this is what my eyes are accustomed to seeing mm-hmm. because... I just hated digital because it just looked generic, just that clean look. I didn't like that clean look, you know? It's, it's, so, it looks too real. Yeah, yeah. 
And um, and also as a young kid, I was big into films. Growing up, uh, every every weekend I would just go into theater, sit down and watch two two movies. So I love seeing that look. And um, yeah, and, and that was it. I began to film photography, and then after I discovered rangefinder, I, I used to use the uh, the C, the, the the Minolta CLE. Okay. And um, I, I, I love that camera. I've been through possibly four bodies, but um, because of the system, is it is a it have an electrical board. The board always dies after a certain particular time, and I, I just got tired of it. I say, you know what? And actually, the price. I remember when I got into that, the price for a Minolta was like three hundred, and then. A few years after, it went up to 400 and 500 And the last time I paid for one of them was 700 And say, so you know what? That's it. Yeah. I'm going to invest in, in, in equipment that I don't have to worry about this 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 electrical board. So I said, you know, but before I always used to say that I always look at the Leica and I always say that um, instead of spending that money, take that money and use it to travel, experience something. So finally, I said, "You know what, man? You need good gear." So I went out and I got the um, the the Leica M6, okay. and I love it. You know, from the time it's in your hands, the, the way the weight of it, how it feels, from the, when you click the button, the smooth it is. You know, I don't have to worry about gear anymore. All I have to know is focus on creating uh, beautiful images. Perfect, perfect. So uh, when you mentioned you, you love Minolta's, I was actually going to ask you if you ever used one of the CLEs, um, which they actually built for Leica. So Minolta was developing the Leica, the lights, Leica CL. Uh, mm-hmm. And then when Leica got, I think it, this is how it went, Leica was afraid Minolta was going to become better than them so they they stopped working with them but Leica yes. kept I'm uh, not Leica uh, Minolta kept producing the same like a the CLE version they just used the Minolta name on it now mm. but now the bodies for the CLEs are like over a thousand <laughs> because of yes. because yes. the, the yes. Leica you know corresponding correspondence with Leica um, so do you have any of your uh, CLE bodies? Did you collect any of the super rocker lenses? Um, no, I always shoot. I always shoot with a forty uh, millimeter one point two because it was just a perfect, beautiful lens, you know. Okay. It, yeah, and that and the thirty five. So those two, I had, I had the forty and the thirty five. Yeah, I'm a I'm a thirty five. Not not, not not thirty five. The twenty eight. The twenty eight. Uh, you like twenty eight? <clears throat> I'm a twenty eight shooter. Okay. I I like thirty five is is always my go to, um, and I'll occasionally go up to fifty or seventy five. I do own a twenty eight, but I I rarely use it. Uh, but I want to use it more. I want to start you know um, trying different lenses. Well, um, for me, I remember I went to Cuba, and I had the forty millimeter. I remember the, the, a friend of mine that I was with was just saying, "Man, it's um, it's just too tight." A guy that is from, <laughs> I met in Cuba, and I remember I was like, "Man, it is tight because there's a lot of situation. People is just too close to you." And um, 
And that trip changed me. From the time I got back, I said no more 40, no more 50, 28. Um, because what I also noticed for me, 28 could tell up. You could tell a better story with 28 because you could add something into the frame that that add more context to the to the photo. Okay. So are you only shooting film exclusively? Yeah. No digital. Yeah. Exclusively, no digital. I said I said to myself, you know, sim- uh, simplify everything. Nice. Film, one camera, one lens. That's it. Uh, a a very good purist. I like it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What's your favorite film, and how do you feel about all these outrageous film increase? Um, my favorite film, my favorite color film, is uh, Aqua Two Hundred. They don't make it anymore. Well, I know they're making it anymore, but I know I can't find it anywhere. It's just beautiful. It was a German company, and mm-hmm. um, I think uh, a Chinese company bought it over, but um. Yeah, you can't find it anymore. That, and also, I first started off shooting um, Tri-X, uh, Kodak Tri-X 400. And um, what I didn't like about it is that um, it was just too dark. The blacks was just too strong. And a lot of things was, was lost in the details in, 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 within it. So I decided to try um, Ilford. Fell in love with Ilford. Ilford is so really that, nice. It, pardon me? Ilford is really nice. Yeah, so that's what I'm sticking with now. Ilford, Ilford is beautiful, so I use a lot of Ilford, and I use a lot of Panef, Ilford Panef too. Okay. I love Panef because of the the grain and the sharpness. Is that the fifty? That's the fifty. I've, yeah. I have I have one roll, but it's one twenty. I've never shot it because uh, I lived in England for a little while, and England is kind of dark, so you can't really shoot <laughs> fifty yeah. ISO in in, in dark conditions because it's pretty much going to be way underexposed um have you tried the vast variety of the ilford brands like the deltas uh the oh XPs? yeah I, I, try, I tried i tried the delta the delta and it's a little too um how can i say it it's a little too grainy for me at some points it gets a little bit too grainy i think the 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 HP five to me is a better film than the Delta, mm-hmm. but it, again every film has its use its yeah. use so so that's but also what I use a lot in the beginning and and that's because of what you just said um, is the uh, Ilford um, thirty two hundred yeah I used to use a lot before like I all love. of my work. Yeah, because it's something that I could shoot well into the evening, you know? It is. I love um, Kodak's 3200 <laughs> and Ilford's 3200. I just like how the grain is so large and it's like you can't mistake it. Like, this is truly film. Um, yeah. When I first started film, I would go to different camera shops and I would buy every f- different film stock they had because <laughs> I wanted to shoot it and take test it to see the different looks. Like if I sh- take you through my film archives... I- I'm, I'm not lying when I say this. I've shot almost every brand out there. Minus yeah. the toy films where I, I'm not really into those. But No, uh, I'm not into those either. Yeah, uh, AFCA yeah. is, well, like you said, it was a German brand. So I did see a lot of it in um, in when Asia. I lived in England. Oh, England? I've seen some of the black and white in Tokyo for sale, but I, I can't find the color version anywhere. Yeah, it's good. It's a good German. What I like it. What I like about it, I shot it in Cuba, and I fell in love with it in Cuba because 
it didn't give you that um it didn't give you that bright bold color what it did it gives you that faded color that looks very vintage so the the photos the photos look great for okay. Cuba. yeah sounds good so you you mentioned you started off with uh studio yeah and then you went into street photography uh, do you apply a lot of your studio concepts whenever you take photos now in the street? Do I apply it to the concept? Um, well, one of the things with um, the studio, the studio is a lot of control. You control everything. Outside in the streets, you got to let go of that control. Um, the only thing is, is that the setup, you have to be um, the setup in the studio and the setup in the street could be the same. So I applied it. I would say I apply that to the street, meaning that you yeah, make sure that your camera have the right settings so you don't have to do too much when you're in the street. It's just you have to just adjust certain minor little things. Okay. So, so yeah, so I would say, yeah, being prepared. Okay. Being well prepared, yeah. Today I was um, walking around <laughs> and I forgot to adjust some of my settings on my camera, so... A few of my shots were overexposed. I wasn't too happy about it, but it's it's the beauty of street photography. Like ah, I messed up. Learn for next time. Yeah. So you gave us a, a really good background on when you started photography and when you got into street photography. Um, but what exactly interests you the most about street photography? Like you you said. It gives you your own freedom, so you don't have to worry about a team. Uh, but yeah. take the team out. What is it about being in the street? street? Okay. Yeah. What What interests you the most? Um, life, life. I would say I experience life. Um, I got a chance to experience life a lot as far as traveling, seeing a lot of things. Even my childhood, I think I had a very rich childhood, and um. And what I like about street photography, there is something within you that when you pick up that camera and you raise it, at first I would question why am I raising this camera to take this particular picture. But what I've learned is that when I raise up my camera to take a picture, it's something in my past, as a memory in my past that triggered me. I see something in that photo that reminds me of the past. And... Um, with that too, I get a chance to to relive my life, to to tell my stories as growing up as a little kid, and that's a, a probably one of my future projects that I want to go. I want to revisit my past, and able to use photo to tell my story, tell my journey, and uh, and that's what I use a lot. Street photography. I love life, and I respect life. I respect different aspects of life. And I get a chance to take up that camera and photograph it. I try to photograph everything beautifully, you know. Um, and I try to be honest the way that um, when I pick up my camera and I take a picture, I don't want to put anyone in a bad light. I always want to able, when I look at that photo, I always put myself in that person's shoes. And I would ask myself, am I telling a good story about this person? Is this person, is, is this photo would be would it would be very embarrassing to that person and if so i would never use that photo um so yeah so so that's what i love about it i love it i love i love street photography because you get a chance to 
to re-examine life. You get a chance to re-examine your past with it and your future. Okay, I like that. So you travel around a lot. How did you meet Matt? Because he's the one I'm, that um, introduced me to you. Okay, so, okay. So now I'm curious to hear your story on how you met yeah, Matt. Yeah, I met Matt at, um, I think, uh, in Treme, in, in, uh, at the Treme Center. I remember what was going on at the Treme Center. Um, they had an event at the Treme Center. I just came into town in New Orleans. I wasn't living in New Orleans at that time. I was just exploring the idea of living in New Orleans. And I came into town. I remember I was taking I was take, I was taking some pictures there. And this guy walked up with his camera. He he it was Matt and his lady. And um and he, and he mentioned something about a camera. And we start communicating from then. And um, it's always great when you meet someone that you share the same interest in. There there's a there's a instant camaraderie. And um, that's what I got from Matt is that we had we had this love for photography. Uh, we instantly click with that. Um, but we just met randomly, and um, I came down. I, I can't. What, what was it exactly going on? Oh, uh, elder in the community actually passed away, and you know, uh, in um, in New Orleans, they always celebrate the life of a person, so they always have some big event for them, a big funeral for them, and that's where I met Matt, and. Um, and we started communicating, and he, and he said, uh, I told him that I was, I think I was leaving the next day. And he said, well, you know, next time you're in town, let's keep in touch. And I said, yeah, definitely, definitely. So every time I would pop into town, uh, and at a time, too, I was living on the truck. Uh, because, you know, you're traveling all around. I give up my place. And I say, you know, well, no use because I'm hardly going home. I only go home, like, probably four days a month. So... I give up my place. I was living in the truck. So every time I have time off, I would always take my time off in um, New Orleans. So every time I take my time off, sometimes I'm out of film or or I maybe I need a new camera gear. So every time I order it, I would order it and, and send it to um, to Matt's place. Oh, nice. So every time I'm into town, I would I'd have film, I restock on my film and stuff like that. So... Yeah, so every time we would go out shooting, and we de- and we definitely we always say we got to do something together. And um, I love Matt because again, his passion for uh, photography, um, and he's genuinely a great person. And I even thank him for actually recommending um, uh, me to you. Yes. So, uh, so that yeah, so that became our friendship. And I always tell him that at some point in time we have to do something together because that's when you have good friendship. It just can't always, I mean, sometimes it's good to keep it about friends, keep it with um, just being friends. But if you have a concept and, and, and both of you guys love what you do, at some point in time, you should have a, a project together. So I told him that, you know, one of these days we have to do a project together. A lot of your, your photos, I kind of like felt like you and Matt were shooting together because uh, I don't want to say your styles are similar, but... Um, the street portrait part, the genre, you it's know, it's probably similar. Yeah. It's, it's similar in that aspect. Um, but it sounds like you and Matt are, are really, really great friends. Um, just a little bit of time. I've known Matt. He's this exactly how you mentioned him. So uh, it's not too often where you can trust someone to send all your expensive camera and film gear to their house. And, you know, they're like, oh, we got something for you. So, uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. 
it's good. Great friendships, like you said. Passion for photography. Um, probably like a connected you. Um, and yeah, now me and you, friends, acquaintances, all of that. I live in one side of the world. You're on the other. And that's what this platform is about: building a community, bring us, bring all of us together. So I appreciate all of that. Uh, thanks for Matt for introducing you to the show. And now. Yeah, well. Well, hopefully one day we get to meet in person as far as uh, I, I always eye in Japan. I always eye in Tokyo. Or, so one of these days, uh, definitely if I'm on that side. I oh, yeah. You, you have yeah. my information now. Uh, contact yeah. me. And if I'm around, because, you know, I, I move around a lot for work. But if I'm I'm around, uh, definitely you can come stay by my house and hang out, go shoot some photos. Now we're going to get into your your Instagram, since that's how I connected with you directly. And I'm going to let you plug your Instagram handle, your username. Oh, oh my username is uh, D.W. Hendrix, D.W. Hendrix. All right, so everyone listening, go check them out. Hendrix not as, as in Jimi Hendrix. <laughs> But an H E N D R I C K S. There we go. Go Which check him out. That was his name originally, but just to be cool, he dropped it and put the X at the end. Are you left-handed too? Right-handed. Oh. They say uh, the greatest artists are left-handed. I don't know. Could be well, true. Well, I remember I have a I had an ex-girlfriend, and um, she went to um, Institute of Art in um, New York. And um, she was left-handed, and she's a great artist. She could draw. Okay. You, you just reminded me. You, you mentioned you lived in Brooklyn. Mm-hmm. Do you go back and visit and do street photography in New York? Well, the last time I've been there, I lost a cousin. I lost a cousin mm-hmm. um, two months ago. Oh, sorry So I hear. actually went back there. Yes. Thank you. I actually went back there. Um, but... Every chance, uh, well, since the pandemic, I haven't really gone back because, to be honest with you, the New York that I know, the last time, the few times I went back twice, the twice, the, the, the last two times that I went back, I didn't like what I see in New York. New York is like a shadow of itself. It's not. It's, it don't have that vibrancy that I accustomed to. Um, maybe when this pandemic is over. A lot, a lot, meaning, meaning to a lot of places too. A lot of places is not the same. So I'm hoping that one day this, that this pandemic is over and life could get back together, you know? Yeah. One day, um, we'll get there. One day, yeah. Uh, but um, yeah, I love I love shooting. Every time I'm there, it, it's, 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 it's second nature um, going around. I know Brooklyn well at the back of my hands. So I'm moving around Brooklyn. Uh, most of my life so I know all the places in Brooklyn and um, one of the places that I love that I have an archive and my archive consists of uh, Coney Island I always said I want to document Coney Island and I have enough images that one day I would love to do on Coney Island okay so I would uh, highly recommend just not waiting for the future and just do it. Uh, it. A lot of times for me, my experience is I always would say the same thing. I want to wait till later. I want to wait for the right time. Um, But when you really think about it, like right now is the right time. You understand what I'm saying? Like 
It is. So it is. No, it's the proper time, yeah. I don't think the future is ever the right time. Obviously, there are circumstances. Uh, and I'm not trying to make you put your book out now, but I'm just saying, like, um, you shouldn't wait too long because what happens is you just, for me, and this is just my personal experience, like, so, uh, it's just like, oh, I don't want to, I don't want to wait, I don't want to wait, I'm going to wait, I'm going to wait, I'm going to wait. And the more I kept saying, oh, I'll do this later, you know, procrastinating, I just never did it until I'm like, you know what? I'm going to do it. Kind of like this podcast. I was waiting almost a year. I bought uh, my little equipment that I used to record this uh, last January before the pandemic hit. And I kept saying, oh, I'm going to wait. I'm going to wait. And then one morning I just woke up. I'm like, why am I waiting? Let me just do it now. Mm-hmm. So uh, just for me, I like to say now is the right time. So, yeah, but, that's a good idea. Uh, yeah. Um, I support your endeavors with your photo book. And I can't wait to see it. If and when you decide to put it out, I'm excited for that. Yeah. Uh, but we're going to talk about the photo I picked that I really, really enjoy from your Instagram. Um, yeah. The lighting, the textures, the shadows. I'm, I love shadows. There's something about shadows. Um, everything in this image is just like, it's it's a perfect image to me. Uh, you got the mysterious player playing the drum. Uh, and then the shadow just completely masks his face, and it it give it creates the story. Like you see it, and there's an instant story. So, uh, my question is, uh, do you remember taking this photo? Um, yes. When, where, and, and all all the good stuff about this photo story. Uh, okay, so um, every every first Sunday, a friend of mine used to invite me to. Um, uh, a spiritual circle um, and they meet every first Sunday uh, and that particular Sunday I was there and I remember I was sitting opposite the guy opposite the djembe drummer and um, the door was to my left uh, the door was to my right and the, the light was actually the sun was setting and it was actually streaming streaming from that door coming right in and I remember I just look up and I saw the light and I said, wow, this is a beautiful lighting. And the way that it um, it's, it hit his face, the light, it, it's like from half his body, mm-hmm. like a triangle, as you could see it. Yeah, it's a nice angle. Yeah. And um, I said, I had to take this picture. And um, that's what I remember about that photo. I definitely, definitely noticed that it's just the sun coming in through yeah. a single source. Um, yeah, I love light too. Um, it, it's 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 always great when you get a photo with perfect lighting or lighting that could create an image for you that you could use to paint well. Um, it don't happen too often, but when it do happen, you have to be there to capitalize on it. So, what was it that inspired you to take the photo? The what inspired me to take the photo is that the 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 mystery of it, the mystery of his face. When you look, you didn't see who the person was, and um, and also um, I love to. I, I'm I'm very into the the spiritual um, culture, or or into spirituality, and um, 
what I like about it sometimes is not everyone wants to be revealed, you know, um, what they're into or what they're doing, especially in, 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 in spiritual aspects. And um, I feel it was a perfect photo to, to, to disguise who the person was and what the person was doing. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I, I like it. So, uh, I, we all know whenever we take a picture, the camera doesn't necessarily capture the image how we've seen it. Mm-hmm. Uh, but is this how yeah, you saw exactly. the picture? Exactly. Exactly how we saw it. Yeah. Perfect. Exactly. It's always great to see when that happens. Like, you connect with your camera. You already know what you got to do. You dial in your settings. And. Mm-hmm. You are your camera, and then you just you make this beautiful work. But that's what I was saying. The setup, man, it's all about the setup. Yeah, definitely. So everyone, definitely go check this photo out. Uh, if I was a person who offered awards, that one would be an award-winning shot. Thank you. Thank you. You're welcome. So. How would you consider your street photography style? How would I consider my street photography style? I don't know if I have a style yet. Okay. Because to... Huh? No, I'm listening. Yeah, I don't know if I have a style yet because for me, I remember one friend telling me that I do have a style. Um, I can see the style. Maybe I can't see. Maybe somebody else have to tell me what what my style is. But um, I know what I gravitate towards. You know, I gravitate towards um, uh, movements. Uh, I try to much as possible early. You know, as you know, everything is a journey, and journey as far as I need to take random photos, like random of whatever. Sometimes I saw a person of interest. I just take that photos. But no, um, film, that's what I love love about film. It changed the way you shoot uh, because I, you don't want to waste a frame. So every time you pick up that camera, you want a photo to be meaningful. You know, you want it to tell a story. Um, so now I'm very conscious of um, what I photograph. Uh, I might do portraits. And portraits, I might see a person of interest or maybe a person have an interesting story. Uh, interesting story to tell um but now i'm a little bit more conscious of of, of what i what i take i want to take something that I, i'm trying you know what as they say that one image can tell a story but i try to if i'm going to take a photo i try to make that one photo to tell a story okay so you're a storyteller yeah definitely i i could see it especially with the last photo we looked definitely is full of story so yeah do you do like candid street fo- portraits yeah, or I is it mixed? I do both. I do both because um, it's uh, it's I know I know the ethics with it. Uh, a lot of people feel oh you shouldn't, but the great done it. And mm-hmm. the same people that the same people that was would condemn it by saying oh no you should ask or whatever. There was inspired by uh, there was this inspired by the greats. You know what I mean. Mm-hmm. A lot of look towards the great, and the great done it that way. Um, yeah, my my thing is that I like to do candid because I want to catch. The, it's something that I, there's something that you would see that caught your eye. That if you go to that person and say, "Hey, can I take that picture?" You cannot replicate what you just saw. 
mm-hmm. you know? So um, so that's why Candid come in. Candid have um, Candid have a, a platform. Also, um, also just asking someone having consent, you know. But basically, what I would do, I would do a candid photo of that person. If that person is really interesting, mm-hmm. I would really approach them and ask for a portraiture. Okay. Yeah. yeah. So I think that one for me. Uh, I'm not gonna lie. I seldomly ever ask people to take their portraits, but I I don't think there's any like ethical problems or anything wrong with it uh, you still get a story a, a similar story but kind of different when you got candid because of the situation that's happening mm-hmm. when you take it as opposed to uh the approach w- with asking and again there's nothing wrong with asking for for street portraits uh sometimes you get a different story and it could be better than a candid you know because yeah. That's if, true. if you don't know that person's story and then you ask them kind of like uh, Craig Clarks and um, they actually go and they, they have conversations with the person. Uh, now you, you're more invested to try to capture their story to share with others. So, yeah. To me, they both have benefits. Exactly. So and, and that's what I think. I respect both and I love both. Yes. So. What is it that connects you to your subject besides, um, you know, their their movements or anything like that? Like when you're walking uh, and you see something, what connects? What what draws you to a particular subject? It could be simple things. It could be uh, the way a person dress, um, the physical the the physical features. Um, yeah, yeah. The, for me, that, that's that's the two most things. Sometimes the way a person dress, uh, the physical features, um, their movements. Sometimes you saw you, you see a certain particular movement, and that particular movement or angle. Mm-hmm. You know, the person, the way the person's angle. Or, or, or just certain gesture. The person maybe have their hands or walking on the street with their hands behind their back, you know. Uh, there's certain little gesture that that um that would draw that would draw your attention to that to that person. Um, so that's what I do. Certain just just certain little cues I use. Um, to me, the simpler the simpler it is, the be- the better it is. Is is that you don't want to always overthink a picture, you know. Mm-hmm. Got it. I like how you you'd like to capture like the everyday life. Uh, your photos are really diverse, which is mm-hmm. which is really good. So you don't see a lot of uh, the same, the same, 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 same. Everything's mixed in yes. a melting pot. So I guess uh, traveling around the world, or I don't know so much, but the U.S. Safe to say, traveling the U.S. I to, yeah, I see every state. I saw every state in the U.S. Yeah. Oh, that's that's a that's an accomplishment. It's really yeah, good. It, few, very, very few people could say they did that, done that. I can't. I still have a lot of states I haven't been to, but hopefully, I get there with you. How? With the exception, with the exception of Alaska and Hawaii. So okay, um, I will tell you because I've been to Alaska and Hawaii. Uh, I love Hawaii more. 
Alaska is really it's an experience because the whole 14 to 18 hours of sunlight is completely true and when the first time you experience it you you wouldn't know how to react you're like it's midnight the sun's still up what's going on here i was in alaska once for work and the sun barely touched the horizon and it was already coming right back up mm-hmm. amazing amazing time definitely go out there anchorage i would recommend anchorage yes yes yeah. yes so there's some a, a decent little city going on around there and I'm not a naturey person, so Anchorage is as far in Alaska where I'll go. Yeah, I would love to see it um, because it's just so different. Uh, I'd love to experience that. I'm not really. I'm into the. I, I, I could say I'm into the nature stuff too. But mm-hmm. my main thing, I love to take pictures. It's only now recently I'm really these last few years after being on the road. Sometimes you don't get a chance to take pictures of people. But sometimes you might you might park somewhere, and um, you see the sunset, and you might see a farmhouse, and and it might just be a beautiful scene. And you say you might say, you know what, this is beautiful. I gotta photograph it. Mm-hmm. But now I'm getting into a nature shot or or still 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 life photography. Okay, uh, that was gonna be my next question actually. So I'm glad you brought that up. So we'll segue into that. Uh, we all have experienced this pandemic, and we experienced it in different ways. Um, but what challenges have you faced with street photography during the pandemic? Well, I love. Um, well, right now I'm here in Atlanta, and I'm here to photograph um, the Afropunk um, festival. Um, uh, it started in New York. I remember when it started it, and uh, when it started, and last the last two years, the last time that it was done in New York was 2019. So they didn't do last year, and um, that was one of my frustration. And there's certain spiritual festivals that I like to go to, like the tribute to the ancestors. Um, none of that happened. And I was frustrated because of that, uh, because there was no one literally to take pictures of. There's no event to go to take pictures of. There's no, all the travels was pretty much shut down. I went to Brazil in February. I thought maybe Brazil would have had, in the height of the pandemic, I thought maybe they would have had, um, they would have had carnival or they would have, um, they have a spiritual festival called uh, Yamaya. Uh, It happens by the ocean. So I want to photograph that. That was always in my mind to photograph that. And um, it didn't happen. So all of that was frustration. All of that was frustration. All the things that I want to take picture of, I couldn't do it. And um, and that's when too, I started, I turned to still life photos. Maybe I might take a photo of a, of a I remember going to, um, I went to Portland and um Portland have beautiful greenery, beautiful houses, colorful houses. And I remember walking on the street and it was the street was just totally empty. But I said, what can I tell? I said, there's always a story. You just got to find the story. You know what I mean? And what I noticed that when I was walking on Portland and I was looking at the side of the road, I saw a lot of empty bottles 
like literally I realized that a lot of people during the pandemic was drinking wine or drinking a lot <laughs> because literally the garbage was just, you would see a case of a bottle of wine or a case of beer or whatever. So I realized that a lot of people was drinking. So I started taking photos of that, you know? Um, so it definitely st uh, steered me in a different direction of what I've used to. But um, again, there's a story in everything. You just got to deep, dig, dig deep down and, and see what that story is. And uh, for me, um, I, I'm sure for a lot of people with this pandemic, a lot of people have veer off to a different path. Um, but it's good. It's, it's good. It's good. Uh, it, it gives me, with a pandemic, what I use the pandemic for is, is to um, re-educate myself as far as reading a lot more. Um, like recently, I joined um, LFI magazine. Okay. I have the, 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 the subscription. So I'm able to um, get into the archive from since 1952. So I'm reading all those old art articles and looking at all those old pictures. So during the pandemic, the pandemic, uh, you, you learn to do those things. I learned to, I went through my archive. I decided to arrange my archive. Um, what else? Um, I brushed up on a lot of things. So during the pandemic, I used the pandemic as a, as a way to re-educate myself and um, learn about learn about people and photos and, and where is going to be my destination and what project I want to take on. Okay. So that's what I use the pandemic for. Real productive. I like Thank it. Thank you. you. You weren't like me where we were stuck. Uh, not because we wanted to, but um, most people know I'm in the military, so we got like some strict rules sometimes, not so strict rules. So uh, there was instances where we could only leave our house just to go to work. Cause, so, you know, you can't do nothing. You're in your house. Uh, and... It's kind of an excuse because I could have, you know, took a, your route and I could have educated myself, you know, read more, do some subscriptions, increase my photography, which I do regret because now I'm doing it all now at the moment, um, mm -hmm. which brings me to my next question. Have you taken any formal photography school? No, self-taught. Self-taught. Okay. Um, yeah. Most of, most of the stuff that I learned and read about. Um, uh, one of the things about me, too, I have an obsession, a very obsessive personality. So whatever I'm into, I dive deep down into it. That's good. Got to know all about it. So, yeah. uh, as I mentioned, I just started taking another course. Um, I was self-taught in, in the beginning as well. And then I, I wanted to know more. But I wanted to know more... Mm -hmm with assistance, you know, because I could watch YouTube videos all day and they're just going to give me one side of the story. You know what I'm saying? Like they're going to show me how yeah. to how to use my camera and that's it. Uh, so I, I signed up for a school a while back. Um, just recently, I signed up for the same school, but for a different course. I'm actually taking a photojournalism course. And, that's good. Um, originally, I was kind of skeptical because I thought it was just going to be me chasing news stories around uh, and I'm completely wrong it's definitely not chasing news news stories at all it's the whole genre of photojournalism 
So street photography is classified as a little subgenre of photojournalism. And um, while I'm, I'm, I'm taking another class that has nothing to do with photography, but I'm trying to balance that. So I'm, I'm still constantly learning more and more. Um, I would recommend it. It's, it's called, the school is New York Institute of Photography. Oh, I know uh, the ICP, yeah. Yeah, it's uh, the course I'm taking is online only, so you don't need to go into a school building, uh, and it's um, at your own pace. So if you take a year to complete the course, it takes a year. Uh, and it's actually yeah. not that expensive, but I would I would uh, recommend it if you're I into thought, it. I thought of that class. I thought of it. Um, there was a few times I remember I co- actually called them up, that this was during the pandemic because again in the in the height of the pandemic, I actually called him up, and um, the, the the woman was the woman told me that um that answered the phone that um they're not doing any in person classes anymore. Is that most of the classes that they have it's online now, and I play with the idea of having it, but also I figure that sometimes when I when I finish my day, I'm so tired at the end of my day, I was saying to myself, do you have the energy? to dive into that you know mm-hmm. so that was my reason why not taking it but um it's been on my list it's been on my radar yeah so if you were curious on I, I i would recommend it obviously when you have the time and the energy to do it uh by all means uh but i i definitely feel you will benefit greatly from it um, just because so, there's a lot of, of information in it so let me ask you what did you learn learn from it that you didn't know initially uh that's a good question like so again i'm still in the beginning so it's teaching you the technical aspects of how to use a camera uh but it's given me more of a history and that's what i didn't know so far um i haven't got into the lessons where it's going to teach me uh, the techniques on how to be a photojournalist or or whatever um but I will get there. Uh, I'm still diving into the history and how, you know, the technique, you know, you like you're going to travel, capturing. Um, my main goal is to make my photos tell a better story, you know, because mm-hmm. I, I could take a picture of an interesting subject all day, but I don't know what the story is. So now that's my goal is I want if I take a picture of a wall. I want this wall to tell the story. And that's just an example. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, uh, hopefully I get there and I've learned some really good history lessons from it. Uh, some some photographers I didn't know before. Um, and pretty much how beneficial photojournalism is for to, has been to the world, you know. It was what the first medium as far as um, news and everything. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, when I look at the Life magazines, it it, it, it tells it all. It's it's like wow, this was a really this was one of the main source mm-hmm. of news then. Yeah, that was something I learned. Uh, like that was why Life magazine was created. Was mm-hmm. you know kind of like photo news. So mm-hmm. I'm interested. I'm I'm really interested in that one, uh, but. So you said the pandemic kind of, you know, stopped a lot of your your go to events to photograph and you started seeing that you were taking other. um, Have you seen your 
photography evolve with the pandemic? Yeah, yeah. You know, sometimes, uh, sometimes um, I have because I've done a lot of reading um, about different photography, different photographers, uh, different stories, how people go about the process, how people like, for example, um, recently I downloaded um, Avedon. His, um, his life story, his book. And um, while I'm on the road, I always listen to it. And I learn a lot of pointers, you know. Um, one of the things that stuck with me is that I remember talking about him taking an image in the, in the studio. And he turned to the model. And he said to the model, whatever you're thinking, think of something different. <laughs> and... Um, and it, it never all the, all along. I was taking pictures. It never uh, or, or, or in the studio or doing a portrait. I never thought of that because it, one of the things that he said that is interesting is that you want to take a, a picture of a person that is in the process of something, like they're thinking of something. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. You don't want to take a picture with a person that have a blank stare on their face. It's like the Mona Lisa. When you look at the Mona Lisa, you know that she's have a story, like she have a secret, because that's that slight smile that she have is like something is behind it. So, so that I have adapted lately. That when I go to take a portrait of a person, I want them to be thinking of something. Maybe I would tell them, maybe go to a happy place. What's the last happiest thing that you have done? And from the from the time they started thinking about it, that's when you want to take the pictures because you could see the light in the eyes change. You could see the, the features change. Um, so that have taught me, that I've learned lately, and that's because, again, the pandemic and the whole process that I have a, ten, a chance to re-examine different people's method of how they go about shooting. And it could take, um, as you know, life is about that. There's nothing new under the sun. Everybody have taken something from someone. Mm-hmm. So I'm learning to take bits and pieces from different photographers and put it together and create something for myself. Okay. I'm glad you said that. Um, who is your favorite or most inspiring photographer? Well, first and foremost, I think Garden Parks. I think he doesn't get the, the recognition that he deserves, but a prolific guy, man. Um, so Garden Parks is one of them. Um, Robert Franks, for the work that he have done and the way that he have photographed the South and the way that he have captured a lot. So he's definitely high on my list too. Um, Vivian Meyer, of course. As a woman, her image is stunning, you know. Um, I'll keep it as that. There's there's other people, um, there's other people that inspire you, but um, I keep it simple. I just keep it with three people. Oh no yeah. worries. Uh, it's funny you say that because not too many people actually do mention Gordon Parks. Um, I did order a, a book from him. I just got it not too long ago. It's called The Atmosphere of Crime. Yeah. Amazing. Oh, the- yeah. Amazing. Yeah. Amazing work. Um, it, it's yeah. over there. Uh, do you I have? Mean- I'm sorry. Go ahead. You have a, yeah, but as you know, I'm I trying to get his collection. His collection is so, it's like, um, 
I think it's probably like five hundred dollars for his collection. Wow. But it's a collection I, I want to in, invest in because mm-hmm. his images is stunning, and I think um, he is is something like that. I want to do. Mm-hmm. I want to photograph um, black folks in in a good light. You know, um, I think in the past uh, um, black folks have a lot of photos that we have is not photos that represents us. Mm-hmm. So one of my goals is to set out is to go create beautiful images of black folks. I like that. Do you have a favorite photo book? We're Americans. That's a that's a, that's a really good one. So yeah. not I, too long ago, uh, so I've had that book for a while, but um, I sat down. And I actually went through each photo, photo by photo. Because when I first got it, I'm not, I'm, I'm guilty for this. Um, I looked through it really fast. Uh, but just recently, maybe a few weeks ago, I actually was like, you know what? I got this book. It's, it's a great book for a reason. So I actually went and I and I studied each of the images throughout the book. And I, and I kind of wrote notes because I, I wanted to make sure I was doing it properly. I wanted to interpret the photo on how I see it, the story it tells. And amazing, amazing work. Just yeah. how he captured. Yeah. And, and the title alone, just it, it fits perfectly for, for the book. So He um, exposed um, a lot of people for the first time. Never saw this out, you know, mm-hmm. in that way, you know. So... He brought he brought light to a lot of things that was happening at that time, you know. Yeah, especially even his, his story of the things that he went through mm-hmm. is is in you know. Yeah, one of the most powerful images from the South is the funeral in South Carolina, and yeah. he, he's got like the you know he's shooting over the shoulder of somebody, and you can see a lot of I guess like you said they like to celebrate during the funeral. You could see that. You know, you go to different parts, you know, the funeral is supposed to be a sad place to remember somebody's legacy. Uh, and then now you see other cultures, they're celebrating it. So uh, he definitely captured all of America and uh, Americans fits the title well. Yeah. And, and, and the thing about it, I think he didn't have any bias, too, mm-hmm. because coming from overseas, coming from a different country, he didn't have any bias. He just he just captured that was pure to him. You know, and I think I think he was great for telling that particular story. And again, he told it well. And, and that's that's the reason why it's one of my favorite books, because it's images is just stunning. OK, so I think I told Matt last time um, and I'm going to kind of try to plug this book hard because I think it's a book no one really knows about. But should uh, let me grab it really fast. Uh, it's by Joel Meyerowitz, who is my favorite photographer uh it's called seeing things I don't, can you see yeah seeing things yep. yeah it's just and it's actually a child's book and uh joel meyerowitz wrote this for children to learn how to read a photograph uh, mm-hmm. and i haven't finished the entire book but the first couple images i seen and how he breaks it down Joel Meyer would like only he can do something like that. So, uh, it's, it's only like five dollars on Amazon. Not even that oh, much. Yeah? Well, when I got it, it was like on sale. Um, I de- get yeah, it. I de- definitely. Get it, yeah. uh, it's not that big of a book, but 
it's all photographs from other photographers, and I'm, I haven't again, I haven't finished it, so I'm sure some of his photographs are in there as well. Um, but definitely recommend it. You know, street photographers, uh, and we miss things. Like when I've interviewed other people, I was like, "Oh, what, what, what did you see when you took this photo?" And they're telling me, and I was like, "Oh, well, this is what I saw," and they're like, "Ah, oh, I didn't even notice that." So, you know, reading the images, I think a very important aspect of any genre of photography so i would i highly recommend that book for everybody out there i have a book by him too um i just purchased not too long ago it's called how to make images okay yeah so i've seen that one uh i was interested to see uh what's the the contents i don't own that one oh yeah it's pretty good it's probably similar to that one um and um he he, he, he breaks it down how to make, how to uh, to read uh, how to read the street how to um, how to create a perfect image and just the details about it he got you the details about it okay. uh, I would think that would caught, uh, catches his eye for a photo um, so it probably might be very simple but it's still good to that because that sounds like a very simple form yeah so definitely I guess that's going to be my next book in my Amazon cart. Um, my other Joel Meyer, which I got, I absolutely love. It's really big. It's like uh, almost the size of a dictionary, but, uh, it's called where I find myself a, a, a large collection of his, his photographs. So I like it. Yeah. Great storyteller. Great uh, storyteller. Definitely. So beside the, um, I, I, I think you mentioned you're working on the Coney Island project. Uh, beside that one, are you working on any other projects, photo books, signs, Long-term, short-terms? Uh, at, at the moment, at the moment, um, since I've been on the road, I've already documented um, the truck life. Um, truckers are very um, rebellious people. And um, I, I think I sometimes I feel it's very hard to break into them to take photos of them. You know what I mean? They have this rebellious side of them. Um, so I haven't really got a chance to really... But there's a project called um, What I Want to Do is that um, they have these truckers that have, we call them million milers. They have over a million miles. And I want to do a portrait of them and hear this story because to do, to have a million miles on the road, you have seen some things, you know? So it, w- it would be great to sit down and take a portrait of them and have a backstory on them. You know, mm-hmm. or just hear a story that would they have experienced being on the road. So that's one of the projects. I mean, I I, I got a few images already from that. Uh, I want to dig a little bit deeper into that. Um, and originally, I'm from Guyana, as I mentioned, and it's in the, the only English-speaking country in the South America. But before that, there was three Guyanas initially. One was uh, English, Dutch, and French. And um, I want to do a project on all three of them. I want to travel to all three of them. And I want to find a common thread of what these three countries have in common. And um, pretty much that project, I might call it the, 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 the Guyanas, you know? Mm-hmm. Uh, so that's, that's what I have in mind. Um, I have a lot of projects in mind. Um, what else I want to do? Um, Brazil is a fascinating place. I definitely want to go back there um, because um, 
again, I'm into the spirit, uh, into spirituality, and I find that um, certain places have it in common. Wherever you go, they have it in common. Puerto Rico, Cuba, Brazil. Um, those places, and uh, even my country, Guyana, those places I want to spend some time there. I learned the spiritual aspect, the Afro-spiritual aspect of it, and even Africa. At some point in time, I want to go to Africa to photograph that. Like maybe even Haiti. Uh, every time, every time I want to go to Haiti, a lot of my friends and even the people that are from Haiti always tell me it's not a good time for <laughs> Haiti. But Haiti's calling me. I want to go there. You know, um, uh, Benin too is, is where the part of Voodoo was created. So I want to go there to, to document that there's a festival I just recently discovered called the Voodoo Festival in February. I want to go there for that too. So all of these projects is just bubbling in, in my head. And um, I can't wait for this pandemic to, uh, to simmer down that I could just hit the road and, and start on, the, on, on these projects. Okay. Uh, it seems like you got a, a large... Uh, a big plate to fill right now so good yeah, luck with yeah. that i hope you can f- fulfill all of those goals uh, I, i'm interested to see how you document it i've never been to any parts of those worlds so um again that's something else i learned through the photojournalism is people love these photos that we take because we live we live your life through your photo like i've never been to brazil or any other world so I see these photos like like now I just went to Brazil. So uh again, like wasn't trying to go back to the school, but just you know, that's what I learned. And it's it's just so interesting. I was so wrong. But uh just by listening to how you you say you wanted to go to so many different places. There's a movie I just recently saw on Netflix. Uh it's called The Journey is the Destination. So it's uh it's based on a true story of a photojournalist. Who was in Africa and and he travels up and you know throughout the whole place and then he finds uh, where he really likes to shoot in uh, I think it's Somalia uh, so he's he's documenting it all you know and a lot of what you said just reminded me of the movie so uh, it's a good the journey is the destiny is the destination is the destination okay it's uh it's like an hour, so it's not too long, but it's it's a really good, you know, photo photojournalistic movie. So I definitely will check it out. Mm-hmm. So I, I like that one. Um, I think you might enjoy it. Thank you. So we got a lot of your projects, but where do you want to be photography wise in the future? Uh, kind of like a five year plan, uh, and it doesn't have to be five years. It could be a month. One year, ten years, uh, any amount of years you like. Uh, where, where would you like to be? What would you like to be doing? I would like to to transition to into photography fully. I would like to solely make a living from photography. Um, I like to have a book out. I would like to have um, something that I could be able to. I would have to. Ha- I would like to see like, maybe in the future have some accolades of my work or some recognition for my work. Um, but also, 
able to get out more and travel more and see more and photograph more. I really enjoyed basking it. Mm-hmm. That's what I love to see myself. It's good. The first time I've heard that. Enjoy the just enjoy photography altogether. For the journey, man. You know. The journey is the destination. <laughs> it's a good plug, right? Yeah. Nice. So, of all the places you have been, where is your favorite location that you've shot? Oh, man. Cuba is rich. Cuba is so rich, man. The, the culture there is just rich. And the people, the people are just easy to photograph. They, they don't make a big deal of it, you know. Um, and it's so colorful. And, and there's so much humanity there, too. Meaning that... Um, when you go there and you see the people that have so little, but they're still willing to share share with you, or you're walking down the streets and someone would just call you and they say, come on, come into my house. Just have a seat. Let's have a conversation. Um, when you see that, it touches you, you know? Um, so I would say there's no place like Cuba. Cuba, it, it, it made you feel... It, and, and, and too, growing up in Guyana, too, there's a lot of similarities in life there. That it reminds you so much about home, and um, same for Brazil too. Brazil, I would say, is my second favorite, uh, but a different part of Brazil, Bahia. I love Bahia. That's in the south. That's in the north. Um, Bahia is amazing. The people there is amazing. The, the people there kind of remind me of my people back home, and it also reminds me of Cubans too. Um, so for now, I'm Paris too. Paris is fun. Paris is fun. It's uh, Paris gives you amazing experience, but I feel as much as a. It's it's like for me in this part of my life right now, I want to take. I, I want my work to mean something. Uh, and Paris not going to give me that. As much as you would love to photograph Paris, it's not going to give you a, a a true meaning of life, a true meaning of humanity. Um. So I would, I would, I would, I would again go back to two places. I would go back to um, to Cuba, and I would go back to Bahia, Brazil. Okay. Those are the two places. I haven't explored Africa fully. I've definitely been eyeing Africa. I've been looking at a lot of documentaries. Um, but I know by now in February, I definitely would love to to see Africa. I would love to see probably Ghana or Nigeria or Benin, or Senegal, one of those places. But um, I'm definitely saying, I definitely say to myself, of all the places that you haven't been to Africa yet, and Africa is waiting, I so I definitely want to go there because I know the people there is amazing. And also you can make stunning images there. So I've only been to Paris. I wasn't there long enough to share the lovely experience you had. I did enjoy it. A little, I was a little underwhelmed. Um, I, I don't know. Uh, I would like to go back and truly uh, document it the proper way. Um, so uh, I would give it another chance, but yeah, yeah. give it another chance. You know, as as I say, and that's why I want to go back to these places because what I realized that these places are like an onion. Every time you go. <laughs> back a layer you know okay something different happens every time could be true 
So, if a uh, up and coming photographer approached you and asked you for advice, what would you tell them? I would tell them stay away from social media. Don't be influenced by social media. Because one of the things I've learned about social media is that when you pick up a camera and you take a picture, that's a piece of you. That's something about you that there's something about you made you take that picture. And I think a lot of people take pictures now currently because of, of Instagram. They're not taking pictures for themselves. They're taking pictures to please an audience. So I would tell a young photographer, stay away from social media. I know I know everybody want a platform to show their work. But I would say if you can, stay away from social media because you want your work. You want to do your own work. You don't want to get influenced by someone else's work. You don't want to get influenced by social media because you know that if I put up this image, it's going to have so much likes. But that image, sometimes, it doesn't mean anything. That's just a... You know, the thing about it is that I think the audience for um, for social media might not be photo literate. They might not able how to read a photo in a certain kind of way. They're only looking for certain cues. Mm-hmm. Um, and you might be taking photos. You might end up, that might end up staring you in the, in the wrong direction. And um, so that's why I would tell a, a person that is coming out, just take photos, just do you enjoy what you're taking, whatever you in, dive deep down into it and focus on that. Don't be influenced by, by, by other things outside of that. Okay. So if you could go back to the very first day you picked up a camera, what would you tell yourself? I wish I got into street photography much earlier, (laughs) you know, because, um, but what would I tell myself? Um, you know, I would tell myself because when I look at my photos, like just not too long ago, because again, I was rearranging my archive and I was looking back at my past photos and I saw the journey that I have taken. I didn't have a process. So it's all about the process. So whether or not you think you have to go through that process, that's the only way you're going to get it. Because even if somebody tells you about it, at some point in time, you're going to revert doing what you do. So it's a natural process. Um, but for me, the only other aspect I would focus on is um, is how to really create a business from it. Like... Um, from the get start, thinking of where I want to get, because what I've noticed is that people that um, the best photographers is not the, the well-known photographers. I know great photographers that are not well-known, and I know sucky photographers that <laughs> is known there. You know what I mean? Oh yeah. <laughs> and when you look at the sucky ph- photographers, they some of them was honest enough to tell you that hey, I'm not a great photographer. That guy over there is a great photographer. The only difference between me and him is that I'm much more organized. And I was driven from the start. I know where I want to be. And they follow that path and they stay disciplined to that path, you know? So 
in my early times in photography, I would say that I wish I was just disciplined enough to know that I have marks, that every time this is where I want to be at this particular time, I, and I just keep checking myself like that as I go along. You know what I mean? Like, okay, uh, by next two years, I need to have this book out. And by all means, I have to have this book out. You know? Yeah. The pressure. Yeah. Yeah. So that's something I would think. I would say anyone that is coming into this year should have a goal, should have uh, have an idea where they want to be because those are the people that excel, you know? Yeah. Definitely. Stay motivated. That's the big thing. Yeah. Okay. So what challenges have you faced during your journey in street photography? Um, what discouraged you? And how did you overcome the discouragement? I remember one time... I remember one time... I had Instagram, I was taking pictures and everything. And I can't remember exactly what it was, but... It's either an article or a photographer I ended up studying at that particular point. And I realized that all the photos that I was doing was just meaningless. You know? Mm-hmm. And I remember just deleting every single photo from my Instagram. And I was so frustrated that as I said to myself, you have to get better. Create better images. Take your time. You know what I mean? And it's good to have that because it's good to keep checking yourself, making yourself better. But at the same time, you know that, as you know, any true photographer would always tell you that his image is not great. He always want to create a better because he could see the the flaws in his images, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, so that was one of the particular point that had me um, stressed, that I'm not able, to, that I wasn't at a particular time to create the images that I want to create. Um, and again, it was just a natural process because at that particular time, too, I was going through the fear of street photography, of approaching a person and taking a picture, a candid picture of them. You know, and you're just scared of that person's reaction. And as long as you overcome that fear, that's when I started to create great images or, or better images. I started to create better images because I was just able to just walk up, look that person in the eye and take that picture with confidence. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I think it's all about that, overcoming that fear. So I would say fear was one of my... Um, one of my weak weakness in the beginning, and as long as, I, as, as time progressed and I overcome that fear, I noticed that I'm starting to create better images, and um, that was one of the challenges that I faced. Um, second challenge is to shooting film could have its challenges too. You know, as you know, I remember one time as I was at Coney Island, and I was literally I thought I put a roll of film in the camera. The phantom and I was walking around and I was shooting and I was shooting and I was like, man, that image is going to be stunning. It's amazing. And I was just walking around shooting and at, the, and at the end of the day, I decided, okay, this is 36 images. I started to rewind. And when I checked, there was no film in the camera. And man, that broke my heart. And um, I think that was a great experience as a film photographer at some point in time, Moses was going to go through that, that experience. <laughs> I have uh, three times. And for some reason, 
It was always with the same brand, same make film. Um, oh, what that? It was uh, it was an Ilford firm film. Pan Pan four hundred. So it wasn't like HP five, but for some reason, every time I would load it in my camera, it, it I don't know what it was. It was just this particular film. Maybe. I, I don't know if I did something wrong, but it didn't matter. I tried this film three times, and all three times it was just blank. So uh, the phantom roll is when you load the film in, but you don't. It doesn't take any of the pictures. <laughs> so, like, I, I always keep count on my my counter. I'm a 36. Okay, the next one should be the end of the row. Pop. No. Oh, I got an extra shot. 38. Oh. Man, I'm 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 going through. Now I'm passing forty. Something's wrong here. Like this should not be this far. So again, hit the rewind button just to look that the film it didn't load. Yeah. Uh, the phantom roll is the worst feeling <laughs> ever. Yeah. That discouraged me a little bit, but uh, I pulled through and, and I kept looking at it. Uh, but I did want to mention something you, you were mentioning about you, the Instagram. So uh, for me, Instagram is a really big trap, right? Uh, however, it's a very useful tool. And I only use it as the tool. I learned and it took me a, a long time to overcome the, the part where I needed to take a photo and I had to upload it instantly. You know, I got past that. So uh, another thing was I had to learn to get past the likes, right? So I was, I was going through different phases, likes and follows. All right, I got, for example, 600 followers, right? I got 600 followers, but I don't have the attention of 600 people. How do I know? I'm only getting 10 to 15 likes per photo. So then you know you just you start realizing like you said it's it's a trap don't fall into it uh it's just there to fill feed people's egos okay so i got past that now the how i got to the part where i use it as a tool is connections i'm meeting a lot of great photographers like like yourself um but how i use it to benefit me now is I was reading articles and there's like big companies, they don't like to post too much um, content because it gets lost, right? So uh, it made sense. But then I took it one step further and I altered it to where I benefit from it. So my Instagram will only have 100 photos at any given time, right? And this is how I know where I get better as a photographer, right? So what do you do? When all 100 of your photos are your personal favorite, right? I don't want to delete this one. I really love this. Well, I want to post a new photo. What do I do? I have to de to delete another one, right? So now the challenging part is which photo do I think this new photo I really love is better than? Where did I improve? What, what date? What year? Okay. Um... Okay, let's look at this one. Yeah, I see a, a, a big improvement. This one, I don't need this on my Instagram no more. So that's, that is the only hot way I use Instagram now. As a tool, 
and as a, a connection to meet great photographers like you and Matt and Cl- Craig Clark, CJ, uh, Don Stevie, all those other people out there that I've I've spoken to thanks to Instagram. So it's definitely a tool if you use it, uh, but you just gotta get past that that one ego, you know, the likes and the follows. It's not important, like you said. So yeah. What is your most happiest moment in street photography? Happiest moment for me in street photography is when uh, you have all day to shoot. And a lot of stories about you, life is happening around you. And everywhere you turn, there's a picture. <laughs> It's a dream. It's it's beautiful. It's beautiful. Once in a while, you get that where you have a day, and you come on that day and all day to shoot, and life is just busy around you. You know, things yeah. is happening around you. Photos and, everywhere. And you raise up your camera. You're happy with that images that you that you just took. It, it just makes you smile. Which. Yeah. Which moment made you smile the most? Do you have like a particular recollection or memory uh, on any of your travels? If it's back home, um, it's Brooklyn, actually, it's actually, New Orleans, it's Coney Island. Okay. Um, Coney Island. I remember one time. Um, again, this is what I was saying. There's a spirit. There's 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 a, there's a spiritual festival called um, Tribute to the Ancestors. It happened every year. And every year, what they would do, they would come out and they would give give stuff to the people that crossed the. Um, it's in reference to the the, the slave Atlantic um, uh, transition, the slaves that have lost their lives crossing the ocean. So at this particular time, they give um, tribute to the ancestors by going to offer things to the sea, offer food to the sea, flowers to the sea, to tell the ancestors thank you, and. Um, I remember the first year I went there, there's a lot of stuff was happening by the water. And I had on I had on this white clothes and I couldn't get in. I had on a long pants, white pants, and I couldn't get into the water to shoot it. So the following year I decided, you know what? I'm gonna wear a swim shorts and I'm gonna wear a slippers so I could get in the water and and, and shoot it from from you know, from a different angle inside the water. And um I was happy that I did that because I was the only person that did it. So my images was totally different from everyone else. And it was, to me, was one of the best views, you know. And um, that was one of my um, moments. Okay. Very nice. Great story. Um, now is a the part of the podcast where uh, it's kind of like how I, um, Matthew recommended you to me. This is the part where I'm going to ask you to name and recommend uh, another photographer, artist, whoever it may be, uh, doesn't matter what medium, that's not famous, and I say famous, and, I, and I'm going to compare to the levels of Joel Myris, Robert Frank, and like a Leica ambassador, whoever it may be, um, the unknown artist, who is your recommendation? Oh, I have a friend that's a life of purist, you know? <laughs> Those are the ones yeah. we love, right? 
yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, his his, uh, his handle is uh, his name is Remigio, um, and his handle is um, the Remigio Experience. All right, I'm writing this down. Yeah. So it is R E M I G O. Okay. Yeah. The Remigio Experience. Perfect. We'll look them up, and I also encourage the listeners to go look them up as well. And finally, my last question, thank you, Craig Clark, because he already probably knows what's coming up, is what does street photography mean to you? Mm. Street photography for me is about life. It's about experiencing life, because everything about it is just candid. And candid is things that happening in real time, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, so for me, that's it. Street photography for me represents life. That's when I'm mostly, when I'm out there shooting, that's when I feel alive too. You know, your heart beating, you know, you're excited, you're alert. Everything about you is alert. The camera, you're ready with that camera. Your eyes is working, your brains is working. You know, you're thinking it through. So, to me, for me, that's the most I feel alive when I'm out there in the streets. Mm-hmm. Uh, but that's what street photography means to me. When I hit that street and, and photography at that particular time, I'm experiencing life. Nice. I like it. Life. It, it is. It's capturing life. Very good. Okay. So, do you have any questions for me? You, well, you did ask me. Where do you see yourself in five years? And where do you see a podcast in five years? First off, let's, this is a two-part question. Okay. Where do you see five years? Uh, for me, my main goal is to be published more. That's what I'm working on. Um, obviously, that takes a lot of self-promotion. And I don't like to think of myself as like real, uh, I'm the best photographer in the world. Um, but everyone should feel comfortable with their work, right? So I feel comfortable with my work um, to promote myself to people who are interested in seeing it. So that's definitely where I want to be. Uh, you know, how do I think I'll get there? Um, maybe the school will help me make my work better. And maybe it'll finally catch the eyes of someone who's important and get me to that step. So definitely a lot of hard work Uh, going to school and all these other journeys I have is definitely time consuming. But uh, stay motivated. That's my biggest thing. I'm always motivated. I like you. I feel alive when I have my camera Uh, and no matter where I go, if it's not work. So when I'm off duty, I always have my camera no matter what I do, where I go. So, yeah. And uh, where do you see a podcast? My podcast? This is, that's a really good question. Um, But that is all dependent on, you know, the community. I'm trying to, I'm trying to make this global. Um, I'm always inviting people. Um... I feel like I'm friendly enough to be approached. I've had people, you know, send me messages. Hey, you're doing a great job with the podcast. I love it. And those are the messages I love. I haven't got any negative feedback. Uh, 
Um, but if I do get any negative feedback, it means I'm doing something right. So I don't think there's any negative com- connotations uh, at all. You know, this is a platform I designed for uh, the community. Um, and, and I mentioned this in, in one of my very early episodes where <clears throat> I understand Leica's expensive, right? Not everyone can afford Leica. Uh, and and I did give an open invitation, like, hey, like I understand you don't shoot with a Leica because you can't afford it. And if you ever want to be a guest on the podcast, you're more than welcome to. So um, while the over the the umbrella of it is for Leica shooters, you know, for Leica shooter for Leica shooters by Leica shooters, uh, it it is open to anybody, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, so. I'm definitely trying to reach the world of, of street photography. It's a passion that I, I realized many, many people have. Um, my last interview I did with someone in Belgium. So this is just going, the outreaches I'm hitting. So uh, yeah. I think it's going in the right direction. <clears throat> and just time will tell. Yeah, yeah, and and also my last question to you: What's your process as far as when you when you shoot and when you go out to shoot? Oh, I like this question. My process is very simple. Um, I feel as I get older, <laughs> my body doesn't have the same uh, heal time, so I like to go very light. What I mean by that, uh, I carry um, one camera. And I don't try to do the the whole cliche, one camera, one lens. No, I have four different lenses, and the one lens that I decide to shoot for today is, is the lens that I'm going to pick, right? So uh, one camera, one lens uh, for movement, you know, movement-wise. Um, I take a small little pouch. It either holds film or batteries, and that's it, right? I like to be light and get around where I can move quickly uh, I can take a shot here. I don't want to be messing around like, oh, I want to get my backpack off and I got to switch my lens from the 35 to the 75. Nope. If I decided to leave with the 75, that's all I'm using that day. My process, I look for, uh, obviously, candid moments. I love candid moments. That is just something about the connections that you see with other people. Um, interesting moments. I have seen myself um, photographing since COVID a lot of still lifes like yourself. Um, something I, I wasn't really particularly interested in when I first started um, street photography. Um, but I, I like to move fast. I'm a fast mover. Um, however, if I'm, I'm moving and I see some nice a nice little um, street scene with some nice lighting, shadow cast... I'll fish for a little while, uh, but then I'm back and I'm moving and I'm shooting. I see something and I just shoot really fast. Uh, I don't like to do um, auto fire where you just hold the shutter down and hope I get that. I like to be precise with my image. And that part, I can thank film. Uh, I used to be that guy would put it on auto and I would just be like, okay, um, someone's going to walk in and I'm holding the the shutter down, I'll get one good photo, right? Uh, however, when I started shooting film, it taught me a new level of patience. Uh, so like you, like, oh, does this 
does this photo tell the story I want it to tell? Uh, so I noticed myself composing, and I'm really, I'm really, truly studying the image through my viewfinder. Nope, it's not worth the shot. So um, a little bit of that transferred over to how I shoot digital. Um, when I when I do my edits, minor adjustments. So I don't like to go sliders full black, sliders full white. I try to keep it realistic uh, as far as the lighting and the shadows. Um, maybe I took the picture underexposed a little because the lighting changed from a cloud passing by. Um, most part, my settings are dialed in to what the light reads. So, um, yeah, I like to be simple. Mm -hmm. Yeah, well said. Um, do you do you use um, Lightroom in a uh, Lightroom in your in yes. your editing process? I use. Uh, I have the subscription for Lightroom and Photoshop. Funny thing is, I went to college for graphic design, so I learned Photoshop and all those other programs a long, long time ago before I started photography. Um, but photography is a simple process, so I like to just stick with Lightroom. I don't, I don't do any of that uh, heavy Photoshop work. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Same here. Um. What I've learned too, sometimes I question it, um, is our journey in life. And I've learned that our experience plays a part somewhere along the line. It kind of set us up for the next stage. Um, like, for example, for me, trucking, getting into trucking and traveling and always moving around. It, it taught me so much to how, how to travel like how to travel light, you know, because pretty much everything you have is, you're a minimalist in, in your truck. Is You have a little bit of everything. And um, I've learned that it, it taught me that I could pick up and go at any given time with light gear and, and travel. And sometimes I look at it and uh, I laugh to myself because... In my travels in photography, where I'm always yearning to go or yearning to move, to go somewhere, is that trucking have taught me how to um, how to handle that process. Mm -hmm. I'm feeling comfortable with different terrains or different surroundings. Okay. Now, I wanna, I'm curious, uh, what's your process for when you go out shooting? Um, my process is, is that, um, I know some people feel, you might feel different. I'm predominantly a black and white shooter, but over the years, I've witnessed great photographers that what I've learned is that color, if you're looking for the artistic side of photography, you could use color to do that too. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Color be like you know, saw lighter and those people using color photography to do art, and I like that. Lately, I've been I've been looking at that, and that's something that I want to do: able to create art out of like colorful photography. And um, so, at some point in time, I would usually I would usually have a color film with me. I would have probably two colors, two black and white, with me, 
but I'm a predominantly black and white shooter. And um, again, I, I don't like to be confused, you know, like when you have too much gear, like a person goes with a whole heavy bag with all of these gears. I've been through all of that, so I know just like you, I want to travel light and travel far. Yeah. So I want to be light as possible. So I've learned that to pick one lens, so I would just pick the 28, my camera, and that's it. So I have four, four rolls of film on my camera, and I would just hit the road. Um, and um, depends on the destination. Sometimes I have, sometimes too, it's always good to know, it's good to have a direction. So I know some people say, oh, I'm just going to go out there and take pictures of, of whatever come at me. But for me, um, I would I would decide, say, for example, if I put uh, a roll of Pan F in, in my bag and I'm going to shoot the Pan F, I would say, okay, Pan F, I probably could only shoot up to 6 o'clock, right? Because the light the light goes goes away around that time. And I said, Pan F is a slow film, so I can't do a lot of action, you know what I mean? I have to do something where it's, it's very subtle, so portrait my best thing for me to do with Pan F, you know? Mm-hmm. So it all depends on the role of film that I'm shooting into. Um, it all depends on um, the time of the day. And um, so, yeah, so that's so that's my process. So I would go there, uh, say, for, say, for example, today I'm shooting Pan F. I'm going to go out. I'm going to make portraits with the Pan F. And around, possibly around 4 o'clock, 5 o'clock, I would put a roll of um, 800 or 400 film in. Sometimes, sometimes I might want to push it a little bit forward. I would take the um, the four hundred and push it to eight hundred, or if I have an eight hundred film, I might use it. That could that could actually take take me well into the evening, you know. So that's my process. All right, interesting. I like it. Oh, I did want to ask a question. You you brought up film again. Um, do you develop your own film? Have you ever developed it? Yeah, I have done when I was in Brooklyn, but since I'm on the road and steadily moving, okay. I don't have, yeah, don't have the equipment. Makes sense. Do you have a particular photo lab you you use, or just whoever's closest? Yeah, I used to use. Uh, there's a, there's one to there's a place called Photo Life in Brooklyn, and um, I try all the big photographies lab in um, in Brooklyn. I remember. There was one in um, in Williamsburg I used to go to, and at that time that was like in two thousand and nine. There wasn't many photographers, and that actually that's where I met what's his name um, Arnold. He used to always be there. That's where he used to take his photos, and um, I used to go there a lot and use it. But over the time. One day, it was like, I literally would go in there, and I would drop a roll of film off, and within 30 minutes, I would have it done. And then one day, I went in there, and there was a line around the corner, and I said, okay, that's it for me. I'm <laughs> done with this, you know? Yeah. And, um, and the last place that I discovered was a place called uh, Color uh, Photo Lot in um, Soho, Manhattan. And um, it was just, there was very expensive. And actually, after going there, that's when I decided to start developing my own film. But then lately, before I came away from, from um, Brooklyn, I met a place called Photo Life. And on to this day, that's where I go. Because 
Uh, I think they charge me like five bucks a roll. That's actually really cheap, so can't go wrong. Yeah, can't go wrong. Five bucks a roll, and um, I, w- I would uh, I would overnight it to them, and by the time they get it, within an hour or two, I already have my results. They send it back to me. Nice. Do they scan for you? Yeah, they scan for me. Nice. I they got this. They would send this. me the negative. I got this really large Epson V800. Uh, for me, it's like developing film. It's a great fun process, but it just takes too long. Um. So what do you, what do you do with that? Do you scan every single photo, or do you identify what photos do you like and just scan those photos? Uh, I for my film, I scan all. So what I do with my film and my digital, uh, my process for saving and archiving is actually. Um, I save everything to a hard drive, and then I clean out the ones that um, are not that great to me. So um, I, I try not to use the word keepers, but keepers are keepers. So um, the keepers I, was, I keep, and the rest I, I don't. Let's hold on. Because I remember some photos that I have taken a couple years ago that I didn't like, but I just happened to save those photos. When I revisit my archive and look at those photos, all of a sudden I discover something that I totally missed mm-hmm. in the past. I still save those photos. Oh yeah, there are every. I have every photo I've ever taken, um, except for the one hard drive that kind of blew up on uh, a trip to England. <laughs> wow. I, I was I was a little uh, heartbroken on that one, but I learned. Um, and now I got a few different hard drives, and every photo up until when that hard drive blew up, I have. Okay. So, uh, but that's just my process. I don't have all, all of the photos I've ever taken in my Lightroom library, but yeah, I do have them saved on a on a hard drive. Yes. Yeah, I'm not gonna lie. I don't think I will ever <laughs> go and look at every single one of them I've taken. Um, but who knows? Maybe I'll be like, let me go see what I got so it's a possibility yeah it's always good to know what you have like you said maybe I might see something I didn't notice and and rediscover a a gem strongly feel you will yeah most likely but that's what I'm afraid of because I have so many and I'd be there for hours just looking through one folder yeah well, sir, um, that is pretty much all I have. Do you have any other questions? I don't mind continuing the conversation if you do. Uh, if not, yeah. I'm sure you want to go out and shoot. So, yeah, um, yeah. So, uh, pretty much at twelve um, is the first day. It's two days is a two day festival. Uh, what I like about Afro Punk is um, unique individuals. You know, it's a great thing. I came out here. I was thinking about, it's a very colorful event, but I say, you know what, no colors to me. Again, I'm going to strip it down bare. i just going to do black and white because, again, I think I'm learning. I, got it. I learned this from Bob Marley. <laughs> Bob Marley said, everything in your life, you should simplify. Simplify everything in your life. Yep. So for me, it's all about that. I want to strip the color away so I won't be distracted by the color. So now what I'm going to do I'm just looking at the individual. I'm just looking at personalities. I'm looking at, um, you know, facials. Um, there's certain things that I'm looking for, but 
colors it's just it's just good to just eliminate one thing so you don't have to worry about one thing you know mm-hmm. so um so yeah that that's what i'm excited about today and see what i create today and um Hopefully, I'm in a happy. I, I try to be in a happy place and go there and create happy images. You know, well, I can't wait to see them. So, uh, whenever you post them is whenever I will get a chance to see them. No pressure for me because I know it's it's all about patience, especially yeah. picking the right photo. So, uh, definitely, definitely, definitely can't wait to see what you get. Yeah. Thank you, brother. Yeah, no worries. But it's great having you on the show. Um, you're a friend and you're more than welcome to come just talk in whatever, whatever it may be next time. So, um, yeah, definitely reach out anytime. Talk. If you do come to Japan, let me know and we can go shooting. Thank you. I definitely want to thank you for having me on your, uh, your platform. I appreciate that. Yes, sir. Yeah. Again, thank you for taking the time of your day. Definitely so, spread. Yep. That's all I have. So thanks for listening, everybody. Uh, Thank you, guys.